for your heart-stopping news-packed 60 minutes of regular trolling. Webmaster Radio presents The Pulse. The Pulse. Take your seat among the experts in the search engine marketing arena. This weekly radio show keeps you informed of the latest search news, offers insight on the biggest forum discussions, and puts your finger on the pulse of the search marketing community. Our hosts have made their way to the round table. The Pulse, the Pulse. The Pulse. starts now. Welcome to the first edition of The Pulse. Today is Tuesday, September 5th, the day after Labor Day. My name is Barry Schwartz. I run the Search Engine Roundtable, and I commonly go under the alias name Rusty Brick, which is also the name of my web development company. With me today, I have Ben Pfeiffer, the senior editor of the Search Engine Roundtable. Ben commonly goes under the alias Phoenix in his search forums and runs an SEO company named RankSmart. Also with us today is Chris Boggs. He is the associate editor of the Search Engine Roundtable. Chris doesn't go under by doesn't go under any alias. Um, he's known as Chris Boggs in the forums. Um, he also works for Avenue A Razorfish. Um, now that you're all, we're all introduced, I wanted to give you a little show description. Um, most of you know us around at, at the Surgeon Roundtable, and let me just give you an idea of what we'll be covering out of this show and how things may operate throughout the show before we begin. Uh, the Search Pulse is the name. Um, it's named that because at the Roundtable we cover search news that is deemed important by the search community. How do we know if an item or a topic is important by the search community? Uh, we basically dig through the most popular search marketing forums, such as Webmaster World, Digital Point Forums, Search Engine Watch Forums, and Create a Site Forums, um, also high-ranking forums and other forums out there on the web, and we look at those discussions. The higher the, particip- the participation level in those specific topics and forums and threads, the more important we deem those, those topics. So at the Search Pulse, Ben, Chris, and I will select a short list of those stories covered at the Search Engine Roundtable over the past week and discuss them. The method of discussion will be a lot like one of those uh, of political roundtable shows. Um, and basically, I'll be asking Ben and Chris their thoughts on the topics at hand. After the show airs and is archived, I will post a link to the podcast on the Search Engine Roundtable uh, with the topics we discussed and um, a link to the actual ar- archive. You can also get that archive on your mobile phone, and at webmasterradio.fm with, has more details on that. So this should be fun. Um, who knows, maybe down the road we'll have special guests, accept live questions from the chat room. Um, and if you want to access the live chat room and listen to get in, just go to webmasterradio.fm and you can get into the chat room. But at first I want to just start off with a commercial break, and then we'll get right into the topics, and we'll first discuss the exciting news um, with the launch of the site with Chris and Ben, and then we'll get into some of the reaction from Danny Sullivan's um, departure from Search Engine Watch. So let's hit a commercial break, and we'll get back to you guys soon. Sit tight and don't move. The Pulse. Pulse. We'll be back after this short break. Just getting your feet wet on the internet? Then dive into our stream. WebmasterRadio.fm We're the coolest place around. WebmasterRadio.fm Google AdSense. How do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. 
It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With FriendFinder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearchMedia.com today. Now, back to The Pulse. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Hi, this is Barry Schwartz from the Search and Roundtable. Again, with us today is Ben Pfeiffer and also Chris Box. I first wanted to let them talk a little bit and give us an idea of how their Labor Day was. So, Chris, first, how was your Labor Day? Oh, my Labor Day was great. Thanks, Barry, for asking. I took a little ride down to uh, the parents in Virginia. took five hours down, but only three hours back. There was quite a storm on Friday. Wow. And how about you, Ben? Did you do any driving? Um, not too much driving. Um, we just kind of hung out with some family and uh, did a little barbecue Texas style. Wow. Ooh. How about the... Uh... <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> So I'm glad you guys had a great Labor Day. Um, I figured I wanted to get your opinions first on what you think about the show, uh, what are your expectations, and you know where you see it going. So I guess, Ben, first, you want to give us your ideas on the show and what you think is going to happen? Uh, yeah, I, I find it as a great forum that we can just kind of talk about some of the things that are going on in the community, and uh, it would be an excellent to get some good feedback from all of us together and take some audience questions and such like that. Um, I look forward to the future of the show um, and just discussing some of the issues that are going on. Um, Some of the major things that impact webmasters will be important. Great. How about Chris? Uh, Well, uh, along with Ben, I think this is going to be real fun. Uh, I think we're going to have some occasional opposing views on topics. Uh, I think this is a way for people to... um, catch some of the latest uh, important issues being discussed on forums, especially those people that may not have time to read as much as we do and, and maybe check into the roundtable every day. So having something like this on a weekly basis will uh, keep people uh, with their finger on the pulse, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the slogan. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, been meaning, I've been wanting to do this for like over two years, um, 
and it finally broke down and started to actually, we had our first show, so it's very you know, exciting for all of us to, to actually start doing something like this, a weekly recap of the topics we covered at the Search Engine Roundtable. Um, in the future, I might uh, want to bring on um, you know, representatives from Google, Yahoo, and Ask, and MSN to answer specific questions about certain topics that we've covered. So I would like to get you know, Matt Cutts on to answer a question that was posted in the forum quickly, and you know, just it'll take a minute or two of, two of his time just so we can drill him on some questions and let him go after that. So hopefully that will be uh, pretty cool to do, and I'll have more on that later on. Um, I'm sure Gary Price might want to come in from Ask and some other guys from Yahoo, so we'll see. We'll see about that. Uh, the first topic and the most discussed over the past week um, was Danny Sullivan's announcement that he will be departing from Search Engine Watch and the Search Engine Strategies Con- Conference um, by the end of, I think, um, like two months, December 1st is his uh, goal to leave. Um, basically, what happened was was that he's been waiting for some feedback from Incisive on what kind of offer they're going to make him uh, to keep him on at Search Engine Watch. Uh, basically, when the sale of oh, sale from Jup- from Jupiter to Incisive happened with Search Engine Watch, what happened was um, Danny didn't get a piece of that um, you know sale. He had no equity stake, and that was his decision. But when he moved over to Incisive, I think he made it clear to Incisive that he wants some type of, I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I think he wanted some type of equity stake in in the actual you know company and what his work is to help the whole company, the whole site, the conferences grow. So what happened was, um, I think, uh, basically, he didn't get the response he wanted, and he decided after some time to go ahead and post the news at his blog at daggle.com. And the community was in total, you know, disbelief. They just didn't, you know, know what to think. Um, you know, Danny Sullivan's writing about the search engine industry for over 10 years. He wrote one of the first, you know, how-tos on SEO out there. Um, he's been with the search industry every single day, day in and day out, discussing all the hot topics, um, getting them to communicate with the webmasters. And he really did so much for the industry, and a lot of people just could not believe that he would be leaving Search Engine Watch, which is basically the baby he created by himself. So, I mean, there's been a ton of discussion. Um, what I'm going to do right now is post um, the long, long um, post I have on Search Engine Roundtable about his departure. You'll see that we have over 150-plus blogs talking about it, about you know 15 or so forums discussing the, the topic over the past week. And I wanted to uh, get you, your guys' opinion on you know, what you think Danny will be doing next, uh, how you think it will impact search engine watch and the search engine strategies, and how you think it will impact the whole community at large. Because as you can see from this post that the whole community was touched pretty largely. So I wanted to first, I guess let's start with this, go with Chris since I asked Ben last time first. So Ben, uh, Chris, what do you think about this whole thing? Well, first of all, it was quite a shock uh, to me as it was to the majority of the hundred or so posts that you have listed on your, on your uh, post there. Um, I think that uh, as far as impacting uh, search engine strategies and search engine watch, it's undoubted, undoubtable that there's going to be a great impact. Uh, Dan, you know, pulling Danny out of it uh, is certainly, uh, there's quite a theme that you found uh, in reading many of those posts that, you know, Danny is SES and SEW. So how they move forward from there will be interesting to see. I certainly will, you know, continue to uh, probably accept invitations to at Search Engine uh, Strategies, and uh, I'll certainly continue to moderate at Search Engine Watch. Uh, 
you know, Danny's always been very kind to me, along with Elizabeth, uh, the editor at Search Engine Watch, and allowing me to be an editor over there, I mean, a um, moderator over there, as well as a uh, speaker at SDS has been, you know, great for me. So um, it'll be interesting to see come New York if uh, <laughs> I'm still on the speaker list or not. So that would be one impact uh, to me personally. Uh, I hope that uh, the majority of the speakers and moderators choose to stay on. I think that that's probably Danny's wishes, but uh, who's really to know until uh, this kind of uh, moves further forward in December and January? Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, so Danny will, you know, I mean, he's still in discussions with Incisive right now about the conferences, I believe. Um, but there is a lot of work involved in those conferences. And uh, I think, Ben, Ben, you might have something to say about, you know, this whole topic? Yeah, um, it was a pretty big bombshell when he decided that he was possibly leaving. Um, there's been a big reaction from the community on this, obviously, and um, I think a lot of talk, too, is also relating to like how this is going to impact like uh, incisive media and where they're going to go next from this and, and who could possibly replace Danny Sullivan in that regard. I've learned a lot from him, and a lot of people have benefited from his knowledge and just the things that he's brought to the community. Um, you know, in regard to the search community, is oftentimes very like tight knit and kind of a loyal group of people, and um, sometimes resistant to change. So we'll see how incisive will learn from this or not, and see where Danny takes it. I honestly hope that Danny will um, do some new stuff and uh, possibly write a book, or you know, take off and start some new websites and kind of bring some of that expertise out, you know, beyond the search engine strategies conferences and such to else, else, elsewhere off of uh, search engine watch. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. I know it will definitely be different covering search engine strategies um, without Danny <laughs> in regards to the stuff that we do at Search Engine Roundtable. Right. Um, right. So, yeah, and all the, and all the, I mean, there's lots of coverage I have out there um, on those blogs, and I went through a lot of them, read most of them, um, and basically what we have is, I think, one negative post or so from one person who's on the show on the air next, and that was from... Shoe money saying it's not a major impact. Um, the blog wasn't all that good anyway. It just regurgitated all the other, you know, information out there. Um, the forms was not so great. It didn't get so much activity like digital point forms or, or webmaster world. It was a very slow form, um, and that was his comments on it. So he doesn't think it's a huge loss. I mean, obviously he's going against the grain and he wants to, you know, you know. Why would you think, um, you know, shoe money, you know, Jeremy Shoemaker? We'll go ahead and say something like that. Uh, Chris, you might have some ideas on that. Oh, well, as I was just mentioning in the chat room, I think that might have been a little bit of uh, link bait the way he chose that title. I mean, I know that you, uh, Jeremy, has plenty of respect uh, for Danny as well at the conferences and shows. So um, I think that, uh, if anything, uh, that was a wonderful uh, title and a great example of how to uh, create a, uh, a blog post with an uh, attractive uh, title for link baiting. I definitely agree with that. I mean, everybody knows that. I think a lot of people knew that, that what that was about. I'm not sure how many people in the Digital Point community is aware of the impact Search Engine Watch and Danny Sullivan had or has on the actual search community, to be honest. I'm not sure how much, how many of them. I'm sure a large percentage, but not like the other forums, not like Webmaster World or like uh, Search Engine Watch forums, obviously, and high rankings. They all have more of an intimate uh, connection with Danny and the site, and I think, I'm just curious, I mean, I, I heard of a lot of people who already said, you know, they're loyal to Danny, if he starts a new conference, they're going to his conference, if he, they started a new site, they'll, 
or new forum, they'll they'll be switching over and moderating over there. Honestly, personally, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I'm not sure. I think everything rests in the hands. I mean, no no decisions have been made about who's going to take over for Danny. Um, and so it should be interesting over the next few days, uh, next few weeks or next month or so to see what happens with this whole story. Okay, so basically in the next topic I wanted to go over was this lawsuit, this Google AdSense lawsuit, where um, Stephen Bryan over at eWeek uh, discovered the story where this woman named Bradley, the owner of Brava Corp., um, is suing Google or has sued Google for being terminated from the Google AdSense program. She went ahead and said that she spent about 100-plus hours to go ahead and place those ads, the Google AdSense ads, which basically copy and paste, onto her 24-page site. It took her 100 hours to place her those ads on the 24-page site. And then she admittedly clicked on her ads, and after she clicked on the ads, the Google Google's team had actually banned her from the AdSense program, which, because clicking on your ads is against the terms of service for AdSense. So, I mean, basically, this, this was like probably the most, the second most talked about, um, you know, news item in the search community out there about this woman who actually went ahead and clicked on her own ads, spent over 100 hours placing those ads on her 24-page site, and then went ahead and sued Google for being terminated. Um, Ben, do you have any comments about this? Yeah, it sounds like a good definition for a frivolous lawsuit, if there ever was one. Um, you know, the community reaction from this was pretty, actually really funny. There was a forum, the thread on Digital Point just had so many things to say about this lady and her very frivolous lawsuit in regards to getting banned from the Google AdSense program. I mean, I think if she is clicking on her ads and she didn't go ahead and read through the guidelines correctly, then... She obviously deserves to be banned, um, you know, for this. And to say that she spent 100 hours doing it on a 24-page site, it, it's very far-fetched in some in some regards. But you know, interestingly, to that effect, that you know, I think Shoe Money on his blog kind of remarked it, like on the other side of the coin, in which his father ran ran a site and he was operating the AdSense forum, and his father was purposely clicking on the ads just to see, you know, possibly if he was interested in buying a product from those people. So, you know. Other topic about this too was just does Lady stand to benefit from this lawsuit? Is she looking to get publicity from it? And um, it seems from like the article I think that was um, published on it as well is that she doesn't look like she's getting not enough publicity from it, and she's not looking to gain from that per, per se. So maybe there was just a big misunderstanding from it. It seems she also filed lawsuit against Yahoo on August first in uh, San Jose Federal District Court, and. Don't know exactly what that was about. I tried to find out, but um, apparently it's probably something along the same lines. Yeah, no one seems to uh, no one seems to know really um, what that lawsuit with Yahoo was about. But uh, I actually posted a link to another interesting forum discussion at geekvillage.com, and where it gets a little bit more abrasive towards the lady. I feel kind of bad for her, but uh, and there's also uh, a list of apparently uh, some other court involvement that she had in Florida. I don't know if it's the same Teresa Bradley or not, where she even included a motion which in- included the text to the rotten, corrupt, and incompetent Supreme Court of Florida for reinstatement of case. So it seems that if this is the same Teresa Bradley, she's obviously uh, a little bit uh, of, um, I guess, uh, to use the San Diego word, a kook, 
and uh, you know, I don't know how uh, how much we can really take it. I thought that Andrew Goodman posted a very interesting comment in the GenSense uh, blog post when he said that uh, you know she obviously doesn't have a chance, and it's clearly a good case for Google to promote because they're unmistakably in the right. And he actually suggests that Google is probably the one behind the publicity machine because they're standing up for what is right, true, in the Google way, and you know, let's wave our flag and so forth. Um, so. Uh, the, yeah, as far as that publicity thing, it could be possible that uh, this is uh, actually <laughs> more Google's doing than her doing uh, in terms of getting it out in the public. Uh, I certainly agree that it's 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 definitely kind of a dictionary definition of frivolous, though. Interesting. I mean, you see some of the comments from the forums, and you see <laughs> some of the funniest things, especially in digital point forums, where these people, you know, the digital point forums are—they're not shy. They say pretty much anything and everything. Um, one person said. And I quote, the f funniest damn thing I've ever seen in a while. Next person said, I think this is from Webmaster World, um, quote, perhaps it's time for Google to file counters to seeking damages for, A, damaging the good name of Google, B, breaching, breach of contract against the t terms of service, and C, fraud for clicking on their own ads. <laughs> um, and another okay. digital point forum person said, wow, honestly, what a stupid woman. I, woman, I can't wait for Google to own her in court. So it's it's pretty interesting to see what people said. And in addition, I heard that this woman didn't wasn't able to afford the lawsuit, so she went ahead and um, used some type of I forgot what it's called when you can't afford a lawsuit and you want to sue anyway. But there's some type of thing where you can actually sue and get um, you know you know have higher lawyers for free pretty much to go ahead and fight the battle for you. So it's interesting. I just this whole thing is interesting. If you take a look at her site. Um, I'll post a link to it in the in the actual chat room now. Here's a link to all their uh, to the site. It's in there, um, and you'll just see it's a funny looking site too. So that covers that topic. Anything else to add, or you guys are set on that? I covered that. Okay. All right. So let's cover one more topic, and after this topic, we'll go into another break, and we'll move move on on from there. The next topic I have here is Yahoo temporarily removed the blog search from their search engine. So we used to when you went to um, Yahoo News and did a search on anything. Um, when you, if you did a search on anything, what happened was is if it matched also blog search, it would actually go ahead and show you um, blog search results. Without warning, Yahoo went ahead and just totally removed it. Didn't tell anybody. Didn't post anything in their in their um, you know Yahoo search blog saying the Y search blog saying, hey, we're removing it. Um, be prepared because I know everybody you know all these bloggers who are included in this the blog search are going to be go up in arms and start yelling at Yahoo saying, hey, my blog is no longer listed in Yahoo blog search. What's going on? And they just removed it, didn't tell anybody about it. And what they did is send, they sent Greg um, over at SEOPR a statement about this. Uh, what they said is, in an email sent to Greg, they said, maybe this goes without saying, but blog content remains an important part of our overall news and news search strategy. It's worth mentioning again because I've read speculation in the blogosphere about what Yahoo might be thinking bigger picture wise when it comes to blog content. But, you know, <laughs> I spoke with then I I went ahead and emailed um, you know, Brian over at Yahoo about this and he basically gave me the same line. I said I drilled him on questions I'm like, why would you remove it if you know that bloggers are in blog search and the bloggers are the most the loudest people out there on the web. Why would you go ahead and remove it and tick these guys off? without giving them some type of warning. He wouldn't give me any information. He's like, I understand. Uh, he wouldn't tell me what they're working on. 
And if they're working on a new pro- project, like blog lines, with, like with Ask, to put blog lines, if they're going to buy Technorati, if these are the rumors flying around, then why not leave it in place? You know, why not leave the current blog search in place and then remove, and then when you're ready to add, let's say, let's say they're buying Technorati, when you're ready to integrate Technorati, integrate it first, then, see, you know, in the back end, and then go ahead and put it, put it through in the production area, in the live environment. So why remove it? So these are the questions I asked them. Um, I personally think there was some type of, you know, lawsuit or some type of thing that went through where Yahoo had some content in the blog search that was either porn- porn- pornographic in nature or something that was just disturbing, and they had to pull it immediately, or there was some crazy technical glitch. Um, so I guess, Ben, Ben, what do you think about this whole topic? Um, it's very interesting, um, and I... It, there's a, it's a big puzzle going on. I mean, Yahoo likes to sometimes be secretive about some of the stuff that they're doing. Um, and personally, I don't ever use blog search, um, you know, through these engines and such like that. I just, I, I can never seem to find what I'm looking for when I search with them. And just, in my opinion, they've never been very, really good. So I wasn't very really disappointed to see it go. Um, there is some interesting things going on, though. I mean, if you go and use the Yahoo Mail beta, they're actually using, there's a RSS feed, like, integrated within the, in the application. Um, so there's, you know, they're moving towards like some more integration with the, the mail programs and stuff like that. Um, it, who knows? Uh, we'll see. I mean, I think I was reading on some of the comments and stuff like that, and Steve Rubel um, mentioned that you know it, it was almost looked like a sure sign that Yahoo was gearing up to launch an integrated feed reader, um, kind of the way that uh, Ask did last June. So uh, there's a lot. Discuss with it. I I have no idea in regards to what they plan to do, but you know maybe Chris, you have some ideas. Uh, well, first of all, uh, it was funny when this topic came up. Uh, it was sort of a weekend, and it came up at the search engine watch forums, and it looked to me from that original post. Uh, let me see if I can find the link here and and post it. I think that's it. Um, that um, they in fact were. Um, Actually, that's not the right one, but it looked like what happened, what caused people to catch it, was that the Yahoo actually made a change to their page title and description uh, and removed any mention of blogging from the Yahoo News uh, title or the homepage title. And uh, that uh, sort of caused uh, the, sort of the initial uproar, and it, obviously it's moved forward. And I thought it was funny um, in uh, the Gigaome um, um forum or blog how Jeremy Zawadny actually posted that they wish they could have blogged about it. I thought that was kind of ironic, and that irony was somewhat humorous to me. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, as, as long as uh, search engine roundtable posts still show up in my Yahoo <laughs> news feed, uh, I'm happy. So uh, I right. think that uh, they'll move towards uh, you know, trying to improve the quality of the overall blogs that are being shown. Right. Yeah, and you're right. And um, yeah, the search engine roundtable is included in Yahoo News. A lot of people said, "Hey, they thought that their, their that their blog was included in Yahoo News when it really wasn't." Uh, when they saw this happen, they thought they were just excluded from Yahoo News when it really was blog search alone. So a lot of confusion, as you said, happened. Um, it would be interesting to see what happens. I know Ask has an unbelievable, um, so, um, you know, blog search engine. Um, you're right. Yahoo Search's blog search was very poor. I used to subscribe to the RSS feed to get latest information about certain topics, and I never looked at it. Um, I think Google has a pretty good blog search, and I think Ask has a pretty good blog search. All the other ones, Sphere and all the other blog search engines, Technorati is not so bad, but you know it, it has a long way to go, as you guys said. Um, I think it's a good time right now that we go into a commercial break. Uh, when we get back, we have a lot more topics to discuss. 
So stay tuned, and we'll see you soon. Sit tight and don't move. The Pulse will be back after this short break. Coming up today on Webmaster Radio. SEO Rockstars. There's the man. Welcome back to the show. Okay, remind me not to ever push that button again. <laughs> that button? Do you get a new phone system? No, it's the same old phone system. I just hit a button I'd never hit before, I guess. What's this button do? Click. Yeah, <laughs> apparently it disconnects you. SEO Rockstars. Tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. On webmasterradio.fm. The destination for education and entertainment. Dude, fishing in Costa Rica is going to be awesome. Amen, bro. Now that ValueClick Media netted FastClick, we've got one of the largest online advertising networks fishing us for big bucks. You know, while we're out catching snapper. Hey, Steve, you're coming too, right? No, I'm still using BenAsRUs.com. I can't afford to be away. You've got to work with ValueClick Media. I've got this great account manager who's easy to work with, and they have access to the best advertisers and earn me high rates. Don't worry. We'll bring back pictures. Yeah, terrific. Visit ValueClick Media now and click on Solutions for Publishers for more details. Value Click Media. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With over 30,000 clients and eight years of experience, West Host is not your basement hosting company. Starting at $3.95 a month, West Host offers the lowest price virtual private server technology in the industry, yet they don't sacrifice their world-class data center or superior 24-7 client support. Sign up at westhost.com today and get the hosting technology and real support your business needs at prices you can't find from other hosts. Westhost.com. That's westhost.com W-E-S-T-H-O-S-T.com. When you expect more from your web host. Are your domains working hard enough for you? Now, park your portfolio at RevenueDirect.com to maximize your earnings on traffic. With RevenueDirect's proven domain monetization service, you'll experience better payouts, more options, and smart optimization. Sign up free now at RevenueDirect.com. It's that easy. RevenueDirect. Make more money. Period. Don't get caught in a web of confusion. Learn the ropes on webmasterradio.fm. Now, back to The Pulse. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome back to The Pulse. This is Barry Schwartz from the Search Engine Roundtable, and with us today again is Ben Pfeiffer and also Chris Bach. Um, the next topic I wanted to discuss um, that was discussed this week was where Matt Cutts went ahead and posted something at his blog saying basically that keywords in the file name and the URLs do help you in some way with your rankings in terms of quality of the site. Let me quote you what he said. He said, most bloggy sites tend to have words from the title of a post in the URL. Having keywords from that post, from the post title in the URL, also can help search engines judge the quality of a page. Then later on, he went and 
clarified in the comments area saying, including the keywords in the URL just gives another chance for that keyword to match the user's query in some way. So basically he's in some way saying keywords in the URL, a very, very hotly de- debated topic in the search forums for years, has, has went ahead and actually doesn't mean something to search engines and helps your rankings. Um, I think let's you know, ask Chris first about this topic. What did you think from an SEO perspective? Well, um, Barry, you narrowed down exactly what I had uh, highlighted uh, from this particular blog post and then the comments. Uh, he certainly seems to indicate that there is some weight in having uh, keywords within the file name and URLs. Um, in order to really test that, we obviously need to examine a number of keyword combinations and results pages. If you take a search at Google for Scoble visiting the Plex or Scoble visiting Plex, obviously there's going to be some other factors, including probably tons of anchor text and and links to Matt's post that help him to be number one. But he is number one, having both Scoble visiting Plex and both the URL as well as the file name. If you'll notice the next URL is actually in my results from TechMeme and uh, comes back uh, with uh, Scoble Visiting Plex in the page title, but not the file name. And then the, the next one where the uh, Scoble Visiting Plex words are in the uh, result as well as the URL doesn't come till page two where there, it's mentioned in a French blog. So obviously Matt has other factors that help to increase his ranking, but it does seem in this instance that the combination of the page title and the URL are possibly helping him. As I mentioned before, there's plenty of other factors involved. Interesting. And Ben, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, using the file name, using the keywords in the file names and the URLs does help, um, you know, in my opinion. It's, it's a good tried and true, you know, SEO tactic that people have used for quite some time, and it does help with user navigation just when they see the URL in the search result or whether they're on your site, too. Um, you know, as opposed to like some very weird parameters or something in there, it does really, it does help um, in that regard. Um, it, the debate is though, it's like how much does it really help? You know, is it going to really boost you up? You know, ten spaces in the listings, or is it only going to you know modify it so much? And back to what Chris was saying, it's you know, in, in regards to the title and also paired with the URL, you know, it seems to be, you know, where the best bet is is to get the most out of this um, in that regard. Yeah, I just wanted to add that, I mean, obviously in this case, this is a very specific instance where Matt probably already enjoys a lot of Google juice. So as with everything, you, you, can't, just, uh, you can't just assume, make assumptions based on just one or two searches. But if you do take some time to analyze a variety of results, you may find a pattern developing. And uh, I've certainly seen it in the past. Uh, one more thing I wanted to add is that um, this does not mean that... Uh, Matt Cutts or anyone else is uh, advocating uh, placing your keyword in the uh, uh, page, uh, the home URL with dashes in between and then in two or three different subdirectories behind it. So uh, let's remember that uh, this is not just uh, an, uh, him advocating that. Right. I'm sure we've all seen some cases where we've seen some eight-hyphenated uh, Domain names, uh, you know, you know, buy hyphen my hyphen big hyphen blue hyphen banana pineapple chair hyphen whatever, uh, rank well in the search engines. Those are clear cut, you know, red flags that all search engines look for. Um, so be careful with the domain name. 
the file names I always tend to write my CMSs. We build our, all our CMSs, our content management systems from scratch, and we tend to program in that the keywords in the, U, in the URL are pulled from the title unless the client wants to override that. And a lot of blog software does that now. Um, I know WordPress does that. I know um, Movable Type does that. I know Blogger sometimes does that as well. And a lot of this, you can always override that, but it also it's very beneficial in terms of actually when you're looking at the search rankings, the search listings. So you do a search on, I don't know, anything in Google, and the URL matches the actual keyword that you searched on, you'll actually see that the keyword in the URL on the search results page at Google is bolded. So you'll see another keyword. Like, yeah, you see when you do a search on, let's say let's do it right now. I'm going to go ahead and search on iPod in Google. And what you see is um, the first result is www.apple.com slash iPod. Um, the title of, of that result is app, Apple hyphen iPod family, and the word iPod is bolded, as well as the URL, www.apple.com, the keyword iPod in that URL is actually bolded as well. So that's also good to look at. Um, and that's also good for you actually increase your click-through rate on that. Um, anybody else have anything to add on that? Um, there was also some discussion. There's been discussion in the past in like regards to like how many hyphens is appropriate to put in like within a domain or in a URL too. And I think a lot of consensus was like maybe one hyphen was great, or would maybe go out to like two or three hyphens, and then anything beyond that was just like asking asking for trouble within the search engines. Um, so you know there. This is still used. I mean, spammers use this a lot, as you can see. And if you surf any blog sites, you know, I think it was on um, Jim Boykin's site the other day, and he's a very big fan of, of using this within a lot of subdirectories. So it does help with, you know, the user navigation. And even in when you, like, save documents on your desktop or something like that, you usually code in keywords for the document name, and it really helps you when you go back later to try to find that document, and you can correctly do it. Um, so... I guess we'll wait and see to see if Matt has anything else to say in this regard. But Right, yeah. On that note, Google, um, Matt, in that same post, he did an update. Um, and in that update, he discussed how Google flags, quoting flags, sites that have changed their URLs too many, you know, too many of the URLs at once. So what happened was um, spaces.msn.com changed all their URLs to spaces.live.com. So from msn.com, to live.com. That was about a month ago. And what happened automatically was um, Google Systems actually triggered a flag, uh, which caused, and I'll quote, which requires more trust in individual URLs in order to rank them. Basically, the only way for those sites to get ranked afterwards was for Google to manually clear a flag in their system, it seems like, from its post. Now, I'm going to go ahead and post this discussion in the chat room so you guys can take a look at Matt's um, quote, as well as look at the forum discussion from Webmaster World. And basically, the questions triggered around this uh, quote from Matt is, how many URLs? How many things have to change? Is it 100? Is it 1,000? Is it 500,000? What is that number? Um, and Matt went ahead, and if you scroll down in the comments area, you'll see that Matt Cutts went ahead and commented that we should remember that MSN space, uh, spaces.msn.com or spaces.live.com is up to tens of millions of URLs. So keep that in mind. If it's you know on the same level of GeoCities, but if it's your own domain name and you're changing a few thousand domain names, I suspect that it won't make it won't trigger any type of flag. This also does show also that Google does have flags and does do some manual reviews. So I wanted to get both you guys' opinions on this, and I think we'll start with Ben on both those topics in terms of you know how many URLs is too many. What do you think about Matt 
um, comments, and what do you think about manual reviews? So, Barry, just to kind of reiterate, you, in, in your opinion, you think that, like, it would take millions of URLs, you know, basically to change in order to, you know, before you hit that threshold or get flagged within Google? I, I would think it had to be close to, I'm probably over 100,000 or so, 100, but I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't I think, done this test. Yeah, I think webmasters are re- relatively pretty safe if they want to make changes within their website to change URLs or redirects in that regard. You know, I, I, I've seen cases where, You've taken very large, you know, e-commerce sites that have, you know, hundreds of thousands of pages, and they've had to revert to, you know, more, more search engine friendly URLs, you know, recently, and it's been perfectly fine for them. Um, and I guess you can also have to look at it from like the stats and the web analytics, like how does the traffic impact and where are the rankings going to go. And um, you know, sometimes there's an initial boost when you, you know, put a whole lot of pages within the search engines um, and a large set, and they eventually get spidered, and it takes a couple months. Um, I guess we should then, this might be also a good question to ask some spammers, too, because, um, you know, incidentally, sometimes they put out a lot of documents on the web, just, you know, very rapidly, and sometimes even change them to get around certain things. So it would be cool to ask some of them to see what they had have to say in, this, in that regard. But, you know, just to, to kind of end, you know, I think most webmasters are going to be pretty safe, and even large sites, I think you'll perfectly be fine. I mean, the MSN case was very specialized in terms of, tens of millions of pages and URLs that they were changing was just, you know, extensive. And uh, interestingly, they got it changed through Google, too, was also kind of unique. I wonder if MSN, the search, too, has kind of this threshold set in with it as well. So, Chris, any opinions on that? Well, like Barry already pointed out to Matt's comment at the Search Engine Roundtable post, this, this, I agree this must be with hundreds of thousands or million pages that are added at once. And it seems that there's a popular idea in the forums that this is targeting subdomains. And from what I've seen so far, and I haven't spent a lot of time researching this topic, but it, it doesn't seem that that is accurate. I don't think that this is targeting subdomains. One thing that came to mind is that this could definitely... Um, and in combination with other flags, then possibly if you have less than hundreds of thousands, let's say you change five or ten thousand, but then you also have like potential duplicate content if if you're just uh, putting um, sites on new or pages, existing pages, switching the URLs and not properly 301 redirecting. There's a, a, a combination factor where a, a few sort of smaller flags could pop up and cause a manual review. I think in most cases, Google has the engineers on staff that are going to look and, and be able to tell pretty quickly uh, what the intent is and whether it's uh, content spam or whether it's simply uh, a situation like MSN. Okay, so let's move on to the next topic. Um, still with Google, um, another very powerful discussion in the forums that took place this week was that Google um, changes the handling of, dom- of navigational search. So, for example, if you do a search, and let me just make sure this is still working, if you do a search on www.seroundtable.com or www.webmasterradio.fm, what it did in the past was use an operator called an info operator, which showed you um, a little result. If you type in, it'll show you the difference now. If you do this live, it'll show you info it would show you info on the actual domain name. I'll go ahead and post a, a link in the URL in the chat room right now, and you'll see that if you in the past when you did a, a search on the domain name itself, www.whatever.com, it would show you the uh, links to the Google Cache. It would show you links to similar web pages. It would show you links to web pages that link to that site. It would show you web pages that have that are from that site, and also show you web pages that contain the term, you know, www.seroundtable. Those are all links 
that it would provide for you. It would show you the top result in that in that box as well, and it would, it would show you like the, the the URL and show you the box to give you that more information. Now, when you do a search on that, it basically lists out a lot of stuff um, that contain either the text www.su. It's basically like doing a regular search in Google. It seems like to me, um, and a lot of I mean, if you think about this, what happens is. Um, if you go ahead and type in, I don't know, for example, um, what's the example I use? If you type in homedepot.com, what happens if up comes, you know, one of their competitors? Or, you know, if you could actually start targeting people's competitors by coming up well for their search, their actual domain name. So if you start ranking well for a domain name in terms of having the text www.domain.com on your site, maybe you could go ahead and leverage, you know, search traffic from a competitor's domain name. So, you know, for big brands like Home Depot and Walmart and all these other big brands, I'm sure they're not going to be too happy about this, but I may be wrong, and I want to get your guys' experience on this. And let's start off with Chris and ask him, you know, Chris, what do you think about this? Well, first of all, I think that's definitely big news. Uh, it's one of the more interesting topics, in, in my personal opinion, of the week. Uh, I think that um, in, in regard to the number of people searching for a URL in the search box, I think Barbara Webmama Cole actually came into the which is a roundtable comment and made the thread and made a comment on it, there certainly is a lot more people than you would uh, suspect that actually search for URLs within the search box. So if someone um, like the person at DP Forums hints that you could add a competitor's URL, and as you just mentioned, Barry, and perhaps rank for it, uh, just simply by adding it to the page title, for example, uh, you, you know, this could certainly turn into an issue. I, I personally feel that you may need more than just a page title mention. Perhaps having it in the content would help as well as, as well as possibly in the URL. But how will Google combat this if people start doing that? That's, that's the real question. Um, and it's, it's certainly an important topic because it, 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 it reeks of the ability to be able to mani manipulate um, the rankings, especially for competitor uh, URL searches. Right. I mean, did I tell you that once I was sitting with a prospect and I asked him to go to Google? And what he did was, his homepage was Google, so he typed in www.google.com into the Google search box and clicked search. Yeah. When I was sitting there with him, he was, so it happens. But, um, uh, Ben, what do you think? Um, I, had, I actually applaud this decision by Google to do this. Um, it just adds a whole new component to like being able to do research on the web. And I know at Search and Strategies, there's a whole lot of talk about like you know, navigational search and how people type in the URLs in order to get where they're going. And... And you know, now they're going to be presented with a whole lot more options. And I never felt when I was typing in URLs into the search that I ever really used the info that Google you know, gave me there. And you can still get it if you type in info and a colon, you know, and then the, the URL, you can still see it. But um, I think it added a definite good element to kind of using Google additionally. And there's a lot of interesting results that you can see here. And in regards to competitors ranking up for your name, I, I don't honestly know if there's really much they can do with that. Um, you know, even small sites like there were sites I was looking at this week that you know have um, you know listings. You know, if you type in their URL from like MapQuest, which was listing you know advertisers from AdSense. You know, so just the stuff that Google's spidering and getting in here is just really kind of interesting. That's what's coming up to the top. So you know, competitors could leverage this too, but. Just in regards to all the sites that have your URL listed, you know, even within the advertising, whether it's on AdSense or either any other type of networks, is just going to be, you know, phenomenal. So, you know, even with Search Engine Roundtable, it pulls up, you know, some seventy-two thousand results just when you search on the URL, you know, with yeah. www dot in there. 
Right. So lots of stuff out there. And then back to the research part, I, you know, I think this would just definitely be helpful, um, you know, for people that are typing in URLs and, you know, looking to see where, you know, people are linking. And even for link research, too, just typing in the URL and, and coming up with all these results of where stuff is listed and find out where you're linked and where you're not linked and who's putting a new follow tag on it and whatnot and so on. So I, I was very glad to hear this, actually. You're right, yes. It definitely is a great um, tool to figure out who's linking to you and who's not. Um, so if you do have, you know, 1,000 links and 72,000 of them are, and then you have 72,000 mentions of the domain name and about, you know, 70,000 of them are not linked, uh, you might have a way to go ahead and, you know, get links from those people who are actually um, just, you know, typing out your domain name. Chris, do you have anything more to add on this? Or? Yeah, one more quick topic. I think this obviously needs to become something that uh, you as a website owner need to verify every month or so. You need to do a search for your domain within the Google search box and see what's showing up. Uh, it's important for reputation management purposes alone, uh, let alone finger, figuring out, trying to figure out how Google is ranking uh, these particular types of searches. Okay, so basically I have a list of about probably 20 more topics that I want to discuss this week. I'm running out of time, so I'm going to go ahead and cover some more, and then at the end I'm going to go ahead and post one recap after I get the um, the MP3 file back from it being posted on the feed, and I'll post a recap of stuff we discussed, and also stuff that we didn't get a chance to discuss um, this week that I felt that we felt were hotly discussed topics of the week. All right, the next topic I want to get into is that Google launched applications for businesses and domain names. So you know Google had um, Gmail for your domain name, where you could actually host your own domain name. For example, I'm RustyBrick.com. I could host RustyBrick.com under Gmail uh, application, and it would be sent as if it was from RustyBrick.com. They expanded that to um, other applications, such as um, including, obviously, Gmail. They also have Google Talk, such as instant messaging, and they have this voice calling service. They also added a Google Calendar to that. They added um, a web page design thing called Page Creator, and a couple other tools they'll be adding to that, as well as hopefully adding um, some paid services for that to to allow people to pay for that. Um, I personally think at the stage it is right now that um, you know that that it's basically not going to be used by most large businesses. It might be used by some small businesses. Um, and if I could get just you know a minute from each of you on what you think. Uh, let's start with Chris. Just one minute on what you think about that. Well, as you point out, this is really just a repackaging of what Google has been launching over the past year in terms of its business software. Uh, I thought a great comment at the uh, Webmaster World thread was from a, a poster by the name of Grelmar, where he um, essentially said that Google is ramping up for the future. Um, he can see business owners, especially small business owners, we're sick and tired of the maintenance crashes and perpetual, perpetual costly update cycle of desktop software, et cetera, et cetera. So can Google compete with Microsoft in the long run for this type of feature? Maybe. Uh, in my opinion, the more competition for Microsoft, the better. Uh, improvements will need to be made to the Microsoft Office, including the upcoming Office 2007. One last thing to remember is that in, some people will look at this as yet another way for Google to peer into the internal data of a particular company. I mean, could they possibly tie a report of sales from, from a Google spreadsheet and apply it to AdWords pricing? You never know. Um, one member at the, at the Digital Point uh, forums already stated 
this fear, saying the problem with Google is that they're data whores, and they'll own your data just like despite depleting an email, they can still access it internally. So, as always, you know, beware. Great. Ben, real quick. Yeah, I think this is a big win just for, like, the small publishers out there and so those people that had websites that really couldn't afford to do some of these major things. Um, and now to be able to, you know, brand with their, you know, domain and such like that and be able to take off or, you know, and it's free, too. It's great. Um, and this is, I think, good for Google, too, and just allowing these smaller webmasters to come in and use some of their services and kind of get a feeling for it and see how they like it. You know, I know when some of these applications came out, I just wasn't really too crazy about them. But, um, you know, now that they're kind of bundled together and being offered in one central place where, can, you know, work as an administrator, I think maybe this will, you know, definitely help people out. I know from the community there was a lot of people that were saying that, you know, they've had websites for several years and, you know, now finally they can, you know, integrate it all into one thing and, you know, use right. it and get their own unique, you know, domain and web email address and such like that. Okay, that sounds good. All right, so let me just quickly summarize um, the few important topics that I wanted to discuss that we don't have time for. One is, I'm begging Yahoo, please, please add the no Yahoo directory tag, like the no OTP tag. Everybody wants it, please go ahead and add it. Also, Microsoft Ad Center content ads, the AdSense and the Yahoo Publisher Network um, competitor will be launching in early fall. I will hopefully be a beta tester, and I'll have more information about that this coming week, which I'll discuss next week. Also, there was a Google update, there was a Microsoft update, and a Yahoo update a week ago Friday. So there was the, all, these, all these companies did some type of update. The Google update was not huge. The Microsoft was rolled back the Monday after, and Yahoo search went up uh, under, under an update, and it was pretty big. Um, so that pretty much covers up, that covers the first edition of the search pulse. Uh, I, wanted, I hope to post a recap tomorrow afternoon, probably around 24 hours after this show. Um, after the show is archived, I will be posting it at the Search Engine Roundtable, seroundtable.com. If you have any questions, comments, or anything, please go ahead and email me at barry at rustybrick.com or po- comment our, at our post. Also, um, again, the first edition, this is the first edition of the Search Pulse. It took place Tuesday, September 5th. I wanted to thank Ben and Chris, um, and I look forward to seeing you all next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Thank you, and everybody have a great night. <laughs>